Hi, and a warmly welcome to Season 5 of Fail and Grow, powered by VLOXQ CPQ, your next CPQ tool. A perfect fit for you who run a mid-sized company, frustrated about those different pricing tools that you're using, Excel sheets, etc. We can help you with that. So, Fail and Grow. It's an after-work podcast niched into operational excellence with me, Vilma. So we talk about everything that smoothens your sales, your operations to, of course, increase your profits and margins. And today, I'm thrilled to say that I have another person who are uh, very uh, keen about partnership, but that is not what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about something completely else. Maybe you'll talk about that topic too. But it's so great to have you on the show, Nilo, and I'm super impressed about the growth that you have been running at the company now for 21 quarters in a row. You have grown ARR. Is that really true? That is correct. That the fact that we are proud of um, having been able to grow, you know, four, five years in a row each quarter, our SaaS revenues on a super consistent basis. I mean, of, of course, always it could be more, right? Yeah. But 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 it's a long sales cycle, steady enterprise business we're in. So we're we're super proud of that. I can really understand that. And can you tell us a little bit uh, more about yourself? I mean, you've been at Microsoft for 10 years. You've been running and selling a startup. You've now been a CEO for almost five years at this public company. Um, who are you and why should you buy Effect? That may be that question I should say. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, many questions there, Wilma. So let, let's start with the who am I part. That's the fundamental question in life. <laughs> so I, I'm an entrepreneur by heart and, and, and also a little bit of a techie. And, and that's how I started as a programmer, you know, got into programming as a schoolboy already and then founded my first startup right, right out of high school, web content management which we then um, sold uh, after a few years. Ended up working for Microsoft, which was, you know, fantastic experience in many ways mm. uh, to, to see the whole, you know, cloud revolution from, from Redmond. And, and now, you know, more recently, last, last um, four, five years, uh, CEO of Effecta. Wonderful. Uh, that's an impressive career, one must say. And Effecta, what are your ICP and when should one buy Effect? Well, uh, the, the way we see ourselves is as the European alternative to the global Goliaths in the service management space. So, uh, I mean, the service service management uh, software industry, as, as most of the software industries, is dominated by the American and Asian, Asian players. And, and we are on a mission to build a super strong European alternative for them and, and, and on a good track uh, to achieve that. And, and our software essentially helps... Uh, people run their internal uh, business processes more efficiently. You know, the classic use case is IT service management, so taking care of, you know, IT uh, support tickets, uh, IT asset management. But uh, in recent years, customers have expanded the use of our platform into so many different areas from HR processes to finance to to uh, facilities management uh, etc. And, and we're targeting the mid-market. So European uh, mid-sized organizations, you know, 500 to 10,000 employees, revenues of, you know, say 100 million to a few billion, that would be our sweet spot. But, but we do have customers who are larger, we have customers who are smaller, but that's, that's the sweet spot. Great. And um, 
we will jump into uh, the real topic soon. But before that, I would like to know if we are actually going to meet. Uh, we have tried it several times to meet in, in for real, but the common pandemic. And then I was pregnant, and now I'm in a different country than you. <laughs> but if we were to meet up for real on after work, uh, what should I buy to you and pour in your glass? What do you prefer to drink on the after work? Oh wow! You know, in that setting, that setting, I would probably go for. For a beer or a gin, gin and tonic, uh, though. Though that said, that said, you know, after work for me typically is driving the kids to ice hockey or basketball or, or doing a little bit of sports of my own. So in, in in that sense, you know, it would be a glass of water. But but you know, water. <laughs> but, yeah. but once we meet, you know, I, I definitely can do a, do a beer or gin and tonic. Looking forward for that, and that's an honor. <laughs> Uh, well, great. And I'm also a bit curious about your uh, funniest work-related fuck-up that you want to share with us today. Oh, well, you know, there, there would be so many. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about you, it. You know, I could write write a book book about it, but uh, let me see. Well, may, maybe I'll share kind of uh, personal personal development-related one. So uh, it's, it's about 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, I, uh, I I got offered a job in Redmond and moved from Finland uh, to the U.S. and and of course you know it's a big transition, right? It, it's a different culture. Uh, people from different uh, parts of the world gather there, and everybody's you know super smart and fast and everything. And 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 you know I was wondering. I mean I I always got into these big meetings. You know Microsoft, the rich company, so they can afford to have big big meetings and. <laughs> In those meetings, you know, let's say 10, 15, even 20 people in the room. And then I'm, I'm sitting there mm. and, and, you know, it's a topic I'm familiar with and, and I would have many things to say. But I, I never kind of get to say anything because the others are just so much faster and, and smarter and everything. And, and then finally, you know, towards the end of the meeting, I, I get to say something. And, and then there's like a millisecond pause and then the next, ne- next person to me says, says that, well... Let me rephrase what Nilo was trying to say, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, jeez, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing something, something wrong here." And look, you know, it took. I, I, I think the the biggest fuck up, as you called it, from from a personal point of view, was that it took me probably a year or even like you know, 18 months before I I somehow adjusted and and learned how to how to do it. But it it, it was definitely a struggle in the beginning to you know learn the way way to communicate. And if I w- w- would be better, I probably would have adjusted a little <laughs> bit faster. But in that sense, I definitely wasted a lot of lot of time in the beginning there. Oh, thank you for sharing. And I wouldn't say maybe may, maybe so. Uh, I recorded with Ruben, another Finnish guy, and he said, like, all Finns are introverts. It's just like it, how it is. So maybe you weren't that focusing on the small talk. Small talk. Uh, I mean, you were doing business, maybe, not talking about how you should pronounce something of your private life to other people. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But that's, <laughs> Embracing the American culture. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's, you know, it's a kind of way to look at it. But, but the honest, honest perspective on it is that, uh, you know, I, I just learned so much in terms of how to communicate directly and to the point and be able to summarize your view in an understandable way in a limited 
amount of time. Wow. The, the the people over there do that extremely well, and and I I don't think I can hide behind the I'm I'm just Finnish and introvert thing. Okay, well that is a very valuable lesson. Uh, to have i mean to have that kind of skill set so impressive and thank you for sharing uh, thank you so much now we're going to talk about the real stuff we're going to talk about uh, the framework of how you make it happen of operational experience and excellence so how you really put that into uh what I assume, <laughs> your company culture and the process and everything. And I'm, of course, uh, curious about what we're going to learn today. But uh, what was it that got you to choose this topic? Is this something that is extra passionate by heart for you? Yeah, well, you know, operational uh, ex- excellence, um, you know, obviously it's a huge, huge uh, factor in being able to achieve any any success in, in any business setting. I, I mean, the old truth is that even, you know, an average strategy, but executed really well, is, is way, way better than a brilliant strategy executed just like on an average way. So, so of course, it's a big, big, big kind of factor uh, in everything. And, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily a topic that's like super close to my heart so that that was also one, one of the reasons why <laughs> i thought it would be a fun one to talk about i don't think i'm i'm necessarily by heart like like the uh, greatest operational excellence guy guy on the planet but but again a topic that i i learned about uh, a lot from from people i've gotten to work with so so you know let, let, let's let's chat about it mm, definitely and um what is um, uh, operational excellence for you when you think about it? What does it mean in your point of view? Well, to me, it means simply uh, be, being able uh, to uh, achieve at the end of the day the outcomes uh, that you want to achieve. I mean, it's it's all about the routine. It's all about the what, what do you do every day. I mean, there is, of course, a, a time and place for setting the vision and, and targets and everything, and that's where it, where, where it starts. But then how to actually make it happen? I mean, make, make it happen is, is one of uh, uh, effective values, one of our four core values. And I, I, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, how, how to just make it happen. All, all, all the plans and everything doesn't matter if, if it doesn't become real. And operational excellence is, uh, in a way, the, the practice, the, the culture, uh, the way of working of, of uh, you know, how, how you eventually get there. And you are talking about you have some kind of framework of this. What is this? Uh, what does this framework consist of? Yeah, well, uh, at the effect that we've defined what we call our leadership uh, principles. Uh, it's it's built built a team. That's the first one. Uh, second one is create clarity, and then uh, third one is is bringing energy, and and then the fourth one is kind of uh, capturing it all is then then to make it happen. And uh, I'll, I'll start with build a team, and this comes a little bit back to my earlier point that. I mean, different people have different passions, right? And then different strengths and weaknesses. And I, I know myself that, you, you know, I need people who are super strong in operational excellence around me just to 
you know, make, make sure that all all happens. And 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 that's uh, where, where operational excellence starts to me. And I'd be super fortunate here at the effective. Uh, for for example, uh, Stefan Schumacher, our chief operating officer, uh, su super strong in operational excellence. You know, he he's put a lot of uh, things things in place and and kind of complements what I can bring to the table here. So uh, that would be my first point. That it, and and in my operational excellence framework, it really starts with the with, with making sure that you have a team capable of uh, of executing. From there on, the second point is about creating clarity. And, and what I mean with creating clarity is being super clear about what, what you want to achieve. What's the vision towards uh, which you're, you want to go? And, and, and what's the strategy to get there? And, and how does the accountability look like? Like, like who, <coughs> who is accountable for what? And of course, eventually... It translates into into target setting for for teams and individuals. But we, without that uh, clarity, it's it's impossible to perform well. I mean, you can have all the process and and uh, uh, kind of rhythm of business and everything in place, but but that clarity. If you have first the right people, then second part is you you really need to be clear about what you want to uh, achieve. Could you give us some examples? Is it like KPIs or is it the vision or is it both? Or? Yeah, it's both. I mean, it, it starts, of, of course, with the vision of where, where you want to get. In our case, uh, at Defecte, we, we've been uh, super clear that we want to be the number one European service management software provider. And, and we put some numbers uh, and, uh, behind it. We've said that eventually it will mean that we need to be 100 100 million euro business. We've said that in the midterm, by 25, we need to double our business to 35 million uh, to get there. So, so there is a clear uh, north star in terms of uh, where we want to get and, and what does it look like, also from from a numbers point of view. Okay, mm, interesting. So, set that clarity, very very important. Yeah, yeah, and 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 of course, there's multiple layers of. Of clarity, so there needs to be the vision, but but then also a strategy, which kind of uh, is your roadmap of of how to get there, and and we, which uh, gives a little bit uh, more uh, kind of concrete guidelines uh, to the team of of what to focus on and 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 where to go. And in our case, it's it's four strategic cornerstones that we've defined: uh, growth, uh, product, people, and M and A. And for each of those, then there is a set of, <coughs> no, not too many, but, but a set of KPIs and, and, and concrete things that we, need, we, we, we want to see happen. And I guess are, those are then divided into, I mean, for the teams, for the individual, or, I mean, do you work with some kind of OKR framework or something else that works well for you? Yes, yes. So uh, those uh, trickle down then to teams and individuals, uh, we we have a sort of three by three matrix where we have these th these kind of priorities uh, which span multiple years, and then for each year we define a certain set of you know objectives that we need to and want to want to achieve, and that's how we get our our target matrix, which then uh, gets gets distributed for the teams. Okay. So um so anyway so um I mean after building the right team. 
creating the, the clarity of, of what, what do we want to achieve. Uh, then the third, third piece uh, about bringing energy is just something uh, which uh, I, I think sometimes is a little bit forgotten, especially when talking about operational excellence. You know, it becomes easily a thing of process and, and Excel and, and sort of meetings and rhythm. Um, but, but the bringing energy part, uh, because it's still, at the end of the day, it's, it's people, right? Even in this technology business, it's human to human. That, that's how the magic happens. And that, that's why we made a point about every, every leader's responsibility being to bring, bring energy uh, into the room. And of course, it's, it, it's about making sure that people understand why we're doing what we're doing. Why, why is it important to run a relatively disciplined process? Um, in in many many areas, and, and and just spend a lot of time on that why why part, and and after you get people bought into it, it's so so much so much easier. Of course, there is also a day to day element in in terms of the bring energy, but it it really starts with the why. Uh, could I ask some questions because about the energy? Because I feel this is very interesting. Not that many leaders have talked about this, and I happen to read a book that called Passion Works <laughs> at the moment. It's really good. It's a woman called Linda Hammarstrand worked at uh, Stena, big uh, Swedish company with more or less a foot in every vertical, uh, and also being the left hand to Peter Stordalen at the choice. Um, and I mean, all of them are are quite known to, to work with passion. And I felt it really interesting that you talked about this energy. But how, my first question is, how do you, uh, I mean, not force, I mean, I get inspire your leaders to bring energy in every meeting. How, how do you actually do that? I mean, in February, when it's cold, rainy, at least in Sweden, how do you do that? Well, 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 well you know well in Finland, it's double of that <laughs> compared to Sweden. Yes, so, you know, know. <laughs> so, you know, the challenge is not any smaller, you know, on this, this side of the... No, so how do you do? Everyone has to do 10 uh, jumping jacks before entering a meeting room. For how does the routine look like? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, of course, there are things like that you can do. And actually, we, we, we do some of that sometimes, having a little bit of fun with, you know, power poses and, and stuff like that. But, uh, but uh, I, I think it comes down to, uh, as, as a leader, uh, you know, you first need to take care of yourself. Mm. It's, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, you, you, you're now new to parenting. You know how it goes, that you need to take care of yourself so that you can take care, care of the kids. And, and, yeah. and it's the same, same thing at work, that you need to take care of yourself as a leader, you know, have a little bit of at least balance. <laughs> Not always so easy, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, and do, 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 do the sports and, and do the sleep, etc. Et, et because it's, it's super tough for anyone. I mean, may, maybe there, is a, there are some supermen or superwomen out there who can find the energy without the rest, without the sports, without all of that. But at least to me, you know, I, I, I just need to find that time. And, and I encourage everybody here at Defected to do the same because that's, that's the only way to be able to give energy out I mean, you need to ha first have energy to be able to give some of that to others. Definitely. Okay. Very interesting. So you uh, you encourage the leaders and I guess also all of your colleagues to work with yourself and to take responsibility for yourself and your energy, or? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, so entering that room, <laughs> you, 
do do you have any kind of routines that you follow to ensure that this energy actually is something that you remind uh, each other of or is it just in the walls like in the culture yeah i, I think the culture is super important of course you you have some some things which i mean you i i, I don't believe in starting like every meeting meeting with huge like you know rah rah but uh, we have some traditions like uh, like a few weeks back uh, we gathered for our annual uh, company kickoff we've, we've had this tradition of bringing everybody once a year together mm. uh, the, this year uh, we gathered after a little bit of a break due to you know the pandemic and everything mm. Mm. Uh, we, we gathered in uh, Poland where, where we acquired a company uh, last year so it was super uh, super cool to be able to be there on site with I mean we brought all our 200 people over over to the beautiful city of Lublin and and then spent a few uh, few days there aligning on on our uh, you know strategy and, and plan for for this year and and, and w- w- one of the fun things uh, e- even though there had been a little bit of a break like we always had this tradition of of like starting starting those bigger bigger gatherings with with what i mentioned already the power pose which is like, <laughs> like a super kind of stupid and simple thing but it's <laughs> it's somehow just fun and, and works that basically you know you just sort of jump a little bit and raise your raise your hands and that that kind of powerful pose and and shout a little bit like from the bottom of your heart and when you do that <laughs> together in the big room with everybody you know it just i, I don't know brings up some energy and connects everybody with each other so so that's that's one tradition we have mm, nice i uh, we have we have this uh, maybe peculiar or different setup that we don't have any monday meetings we don't want to i mean uh, meet a team talking about uh things that we should do on monday morning we think that people should should already know that and be i mean be able to just get going with whatever you have to do and want to do. So we have that on Wednesdays. But it, that is that Wednesdays often becomes, you know, I sit in a meeting from the morning to the afternoon because we have the management board and et cetera, et cetera. So I just actually did that just the other week. I was so tired, you know, looking down at the computer, trying to smile through Zoom. And I just had some jumping there. So I was like, wow, why don't we just do this before the meetings? Like every time you can do one. You can do 10 at GetAccept. We, all, we always finished the Monday mornings uh, with doing some, uh, I don't actually know how you say it in, in, in English, even though I'm a personal trainer, but you know, when you're standing like you're doing a push up, but for the tummy. So you're like just holding it. We call it in Swedish the plank. It looks like a plank more or less. Maybe it's the same word in English. So we ended it with that. Well, that's, that's exciting. <laughs> I, I, I get some new ideas here. Yeah, you do. Great. Hope that uh, it's wonderful if I can by others too <laughs> to do weird stuff <laughs> uh, and, and my second question was um, you talked about the why uh, and how do you do that on a recurring basis without being I mean I don't know too visionary or too I don't know uh, rep- repetitive maybe how do you embrace the why on a recurring basis I believe that people focus too much on avoiding repetition Interesting. you know what what feels repetitive to me mm. most likely it's much less repetitive to the people i talk with just because you, you know i mean yes it's, it's natural for me to and i get those feelings that i i'm just sort of repeating myself all, all over again 
but I've I, I've realized that it it doesn't feel that repetitive to most people I talk to. Maybe some. So apologies to my closest colleagues <laughs> who probably <laughs> get, get get you know a little bit of that. But 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 for the most part, you know, I I think people uh, overestimate how much other people remember from what you said before. Mm. So I, I, actually, it does make sense to stick to some sort of core uh, core points and, and, and repeat those often enough. And of course, it's not just broadcasting, right? The, the point is, you know, having dialogue with people and, and, and hearing them out. And, and I mean, it's, it's not by coincidence that, that we all have two ears and one, one mouth, right? So, you know, <laughs> listening is a big part of it. But then in, in terms of um, uh, my, my own messaging, I, 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 I try to make sure that I repeat often enough the key key points that I, I think are important. Okay, um, I will start uh, uh, laughing there because uh, my, my previous boss working at uh, Upsells, the CEO and founder Daniel Wikberg, he coached me for some uh, client meetings and he is a really, really good sales rep. And he was like, Vilma, please. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> I was like, so sorry. He was like, you should listen to the client. <laughs> Please, you know, like the fourth meeting in the row. But I think maybe that time I got to remember it at least uh, for some while. <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, anything else about the energy part or uh, that you want to mm. to say? Well, you know, there would be it would be a lot, but maybe we move on move on to the last last part, which is about making making it happen, and and that's of course quite a pragmatic uh, piece and, uh, and super important piece of it as well where it's to me it's two two things so it's um uh, consistency in in terms of the rhythm so kind of a regular uh rhythm and, and, and routine of how you track things and and talk about things and and consistency uh about data so having that one uh source of truth that everybody can can share and, and it's incredible how in big companies small companies rich companies poor companies that i have see, seen and where i've worked and and I've, I've worked with it's incredible how often the uh, the discussion is around like okay so i i, I see this data and and then, then the other people say well you know my data is different and then there is a discussion about like what's the right data and 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 that that's a huge blocker for becoming operationally excellent. So there, there is a little bit of systems element there. I I even though I I think one should not overemphasize of having like too many and 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 too sophisticated systems. But I I think it's important that you have uh you know a solid sort of financial uh, ERP to have have that single place where to look at finance finance data in our case it's uh, NetSuite uh, ERP with a Power BI reporting layer on top uh, it's important to have the uh, customer data uh, data somewhere uh, in our, our case we've centralized it all on HubSpot so both marketing automation and CRM um, it, it all, all runs on uh, HubSpot and, 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 and then it's important to also you know keep track of 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 the um, kind of processes and and fulfillment of of, of things and in, in our case we use obviously Effecte 
we, we call it my effect, our own effect instance for keeping track of uh, you know service requests and orders, both internal and, and, and from customers. And, and having those places where you have the the data and, and you can always uh, you know then when, when you're on a monthly or weekly basis track things go go back to you know there, there isn't any special person needed who kind of puts together the report but you can open the live data and look at it and say hey this is this is where we are and everybody agrees that is the right data that that's a great foundation then then for uh, being operationally excellent definitely interesting point of uh, i mean the uh, so many people talked about being data-driven, including myself, but uh, that is uh, what I feel a, co- a common challenge that you have. You can you can see the data from different perspective, uh, or you can have different data on the same point. But uh, very interesting point of view, I would say. Okay, is there anything else uh, of your framework that you feel is very successful, or by all means, where companies usually fuck up? that you want to address before we wrap this up well look you know i think we covered already many kind of perspectives there and 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 maybe just to summarize i I believe it's important to build the right team uh to to have people who can run run a you know disciplined disciplined uh process and reason um uh, it's it's important to create the clarity on, on you know where are we going, what are we trying to achieve, and who's accountable for wha- what, um, and 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 you, you shouldn't skip bringing the energy part, making sure people understand the why, uh, so that everybody's actually on board uh, of of doing it, and 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 then finally the the piece of make it happen of ensuring that there is a regular rhythm and and kind of a single. Uh, source of truth in terms of data data and systems uh, i mean if, if you do those things uh, i definitely in my experience has has helped us uh, are we perfect <laughs> by all means no you know there's so much room for improvement still but but you know those fundamentals uh, have helped us a lot great thank you for sharing and when we first met we both uh, joined a panel discussion for SAS Nordic and their sauciest event uh, and afterwards you sent me a hat with effect on that I probably wear and I will wear it even more now yeah uh, because I really enjoyed this podcast it's so many learnings in this so thank you so much for sharing and thank you for that hat very nice of you okay fantastic glad that you love it thanks Wilma <laughs> so some final uh, hopefully easy questions uh, first of all I'm um, curious about who do you get most inspired by regarding this topic is there someone in particular some colleagues someone out there some author uh, well uh, may- maybe I just go back to what I said, said earlier you know Stefan my, my close colleague here and, and, and friend CEO of Effecte I, I admire him for what he does in terms of operational excellence so so definitely look up to him on that cool maybe I should invite him in the podcast <laughs> yeah why not I'm, I'm sure he would love to Hi, this is Hannah Maitan from Ampli Venture, and I have a question for you. Working in a really turbulent, high-speed growth company, either as a CEO or the founder, what are things that you do to de-stress, to kind of disconnect from work, 
make sure that you are kind of finding your core uh, and you, to get a good night's sleep and, and so on. So tell me your tricks. And that was from uh, Hannah Mayton. Uh, she is uh, the CEO and the co-founder of Ampli, the VC, uh, VC company. Awesome. Yeah, and great question. So, so if I got it right, she was basically asking what I do to de- de-stress to get a good night's sleep. Yes. Well, it's rather rather simple in my case. So, uh, in in addition or or outside to work, uh, it's a combination of a, a lot of time with the kids and, and family, driving them mostly around to different you know sports, <laughs> doing a little bit of sports uh, of my own, you know, going to the gym or doing the occasional paddle match. And, 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 and then uh, the third element would be that uh, I, I do a little bit of meditation every now and then as well. You do. Do you use that app, Headspace, or just do it? You're disciplined enough to just do it, maybe? Well, sometimes I, I just do it on my own. And, and actually, recently, uh, I've started using um, some of the features of the Aura app. They actually have some pretty, pretty nice guided sessions. So, so you know the Aura ring. Uh, the smart smart ring, which tracks your sleep and activity. So the uh, app uh, they they deliver with with the ring. Uh, they actually have some pre- pretty nice guided sessions in there. So that that's something I've I've been recently uh, exploring. Great advice. Uh, I'm sure, uh, and or at least I hope Hannah will be satisfied with that answer. Uh, okay. Now we will see here. What are your main challenges in your business right now? Problem that you are addressing at the moment. I don't know if one are to ask that since you are uh, noted or public, but I ask it and then you can choose your answer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, we, we always get these questions and obviously then, you know, it's up to us how we, how we answer it. So that's perfectly fine. And, uh, well, I mean, we, we just yesterday announced our, our full year results for last year uh, and, and updated the market also through our uh, earnings webcast on, on pretty much all, all these things. So what we said is that, of course, the broader economic environment is something that we are keeping an eye on. So, you know, some customers have started slowing down decision-making and, and we, we've seen some of that. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of uh, mixed back, though, that there are some industries, some countries where it's less and some where, where it's more. Um, we already earlier decided last year to focus a little bit more uh, on, pub- on the public sector because we saw that demand is strong over there. Uh, so far, that's worked out uh, really well. Well, for us, but but definitely kind of navigating the uh, economic uh, environment in, in the next, you know, six to twelve months. That's definitely one of the challenges where we just need to be uh, super super alert and 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 then adapt to any any changes here. Uh, and 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 then uh, the the second one is is just about how, how do we overall scale this equation up you know it's sure you know there there is a profitability element but at, at the end of day i mean coming back to our vision we want to build uh, a super strong clear european leader in this space and and it it means we need to scale up uh, massively compared to where we are today so we need to grow a lot. We we hired quite a bit of people last year. We acquired uh, a conversational AI company called Intellivice, 
um, last year as well. And and uh, you, you know now now our task is just to uh, maximize what we can do with this team and and, and get the most productivity uh, uh, out of ourselves and and work work smart and and grow as fast as we can. Of course. And who else would you like me to invite you to this podcast? Some maybe someone you want to listen to yourself. And uh, I know that you already told me about your CEO, but is there more people, or is it the CEO? Well, uh, let me think. Actually, one one person who might be quite interesting. He's somebody who often interviews others, but could be cool to see him be interviewed. Is uh, Antti Pietila? So he's running SaaS Finland. I don't know if you come across him. Mm, not yet. But I'm uh, happy to invite him to the show. Oh, awesome! So he he runs the South Finland community, and 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 uh, you know he he's doing a podcast of his own own. So you know I'm I'm sure he would have lots of interesting perspectives to share. Great, he's much much welcome. And if one would like to get in contact with you, is it LinkedIn or how do you get that hat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. LinkedIn works works really well. So you know everybody feel free to reach out to me for. For, for you know any any questions or discussion you'd, you'd love to engage in and 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 uh, you know if you ask for a hat may, maybe i might be able to send one <laughs> maybe your dream can come true <laughs> oh that is great so when you are uh, maybe in the car uh, driving your kids uh, back and forth to different sports uh, having that water <laughs> next to you uh, and this uh, song comes up on the radio and makes you smile and think this was a really good week which song are we listening to um well um i'm 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 i'm, I'm tempted to now pick pick the song that we just selected to send send to eurovision yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really really weird <laughs> weird song but i think because it's so weird it might be able to actually perform there it's uh cha-cha-cha by carrier but 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 i i would say um maybe something that that, that that's more, more sort of long term brings the smile on my face is is uh the um, can't hold us by by macklemore and 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 there are two reasons for that. So one is that, you know, I mean, the guy is from Seattle where I used to spend five, f- five years and really loved it, loved it there. So it brings back good, good memories. And I, I think that that message, uh, kind of the f- feeling can't hold us. It, it's super relevant and sort of resonates with me and also something that we embrace here at Effecte. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, Nilo, for joining Sailing Grow. It was a true pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, Vilma. Can we go back? <laughs>